Hello and welcome back to the Sports Brief Podcast. It is a beautiful start to the weekend, a Friday. We are joined by Tristan. What is up, dude? How's it going? It's going well. Also got a special guest with us, Mr. Tanner Fritz. How you doing, big guy? I'm good, yeah. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, really good to have you on. Uh, really excited to get this thing rolling. A lot of stuff to talk about. Playoffs are here, man. Like, Well, men, whatever, we, however we want to say that. I don't know. I mean, playoffs are here. Exciting time. Uh, a lot of things we're going to talk about tonight, you know, the preview of the playoff games, the firing of NFL coaches, and uh, what is this called, Black Monday. And that's just shocking to me because I believe Stephen A. Smith said it best. You know, it's Black Monday even though the vast majority of head coaches are white. I don't know. not trying to take any shots at anybody, but uh, a little bit of a side joke there. I'm um, also going to talk about, you know, Tanner Fritz playing for Winter Warriors, even though Ben kind of doesn't believe that he did. Uh, a lot of uh, conversation with that. Uh, and also, uh, what about life was it like in college and uh, favorite memories and all that uh, Dilly Daddly to talk about, but the first thing we're going to talk about is you guys subscribing for weekly sporting takes from the Sports Brief Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe on and follow us on all social media platforms so you guys get all of the sporting news for, from the Sports Brief Podcast. So, uh, let's get right into this. Uh, a lot of obviously a lot of things to talk about, but we're going to jump off into these, some of these uh, playoff games. And to me, there's a lot of good playoff games for me, although as a Vikings fan, I'm not expecting... Everybody's writing the Vikings off, and rightfully so, because it's Drew Brees, he's got Alvin Kamara, uh, I mean, he's probably got... Well, he's had a receiver that's had probably one of the best wide receiver seasons ever, so I don't think that we can uh, maybe debate the fact that the Vikings are going to lose, it's just a bad matter of how much. And me being a realist Vikings fan, I think that uh, Michael Thomas is going to go off for four touchdowns. Anywho, let's get into this. Um, let's see here. Any of you can answer this. We'll actually, we'll, we'll start with Tanner since you're the, the guest here. Um, which, you know, you know, out of all these uh, wild card weekend, well, you know, between the um, the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans and New England Patriots, and then in the NFC, we got the Vikings going off against the Saints. We covered that already. Uh, and then the Seahawks going off against the Eagles, I believe. Uh yeah. Let's see here. What games, uh, you know, really excites you the most? Yeah, no, actually, I think it's one that maybe you wouldn't think, but I'm looking at Buffalo and the Texans. I think that the Texans have one of the sneaky best rosters in, in all of the NFL, but somehow they always find a way to kind of underperform. I mean, yeah, they're 10-6, and six, but, I mean, when you have, you know, Hopkins on the outside, Watson, for whatever reason, I feel like they should be looked at as more of a contender. Um, and I believe I saw yesterday that J.J. Watt's going to be making his return for the season as well in this game. So, yes. I mean, it's it's at least exciting. But then on the other side, you have someone, uh, you know, a team that no one would have guessed would be in this situation with the Bills. I think people you know, saw Josh Allen as a good quarterback. But I think this year he took that next step to being, you know, almost, you know, getting up there with the top end of top tiers of quarterbacks. But and they don't really even have a, you know, when your best receiver is Cole Beasley, yep. you know, I you kind of kind of feel for the guy, but he's, you know, made the most of what they have. They have a really good defense, and I think that could be a really fun game to watch. Um, but also, I'm kind of interested to see the watch the Seahawks play Philly. Um, Philly's had a really weirdly bad year, but still snuck in. I think the Seahawks are one of the better teams, but you know, I, I have a hard time betting against Russell Wilson. But I think that you know, you could definitely see the Eagles possibly pull that one out too. Mm-hmm. Tristan, for you, the most exciting game? Um, the one I'm most excited to watch is probably the Titans and Patriots game uh, tomorrow night. Um, you know, ever since Ryan Tannehill took over at quarterback for the Titans, they've just been a completely different team. Um, they've had one of the best uh, passing games in the league, one of the best running games in the league, and they have a top-five defense. And New England hasn't played a wild-card game in like eight or nine years now. 
So it's definitely unfamiliar territory for New England. Um, I'm not writing New England off, obviously. I picked... I picked New England to win in a couple of my brackets, but uh, I really think Tennessee can go in and upset New England. Um, but then again, if they do upset New England, I don't think they'll get much farther in the second round because they'd have to play the Baltimore Ravens in the second round. And I don't think anybody's going to beat the Baltimore Ravens. But that's that's probably what I'm most excited to watch. I'm not too excited for the Vikings and uh, Saints game. Um, I'm not completely writing the Vikings off. Um, I'd have my money on the Saints winning, but... When Kirk Cousins has a good game, he has a really, really good game. Like, mm -hmm. 400 yards, four touchdown game. Yep. So, if he can put together one of those kinds of performances, and uh, Dalvin Cook is back, so mm -hmm. that's good. I'm not sure about uh, your backup. I know Boone will be playing. Alexander I'm not sure Madison, about... yep. Yeah, Madison. I believe I he's know. back as well, yep. Okay, yeah, so that's good. And Thielen's healthy now. I don't know if he's 100%, but he'll yes. be playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll but, be yeah, I think it's the playoffs, so every team has a good chance, but I don't think the Vikings will go in there and win. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely the most excited to watch uh, Tennessee upset New England. I do think, too, the cool thing about the Titans season is once they made that switch to Tannehill, you know, I think right now as a backup, he's making like one point some million dollars uh, on the year, and then now he's probably looking at raking in about a $25 million per, per year contract. So, and that's in like eight – eight or nine games. So it's one of those cool turnarounds. You know, he went from being a, you know, life lifelong backup there probably to, you know, being making $25 million a year. So that's cool. Yep. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's kind of comparable to when Case Keenum kind of came out for the Vikings because, I mean, he was kind of a, like a, just a journeyman in the NFL. And then all of a sudden he had that big year, went to the Broncos for the. Uh, yeah, he was a joke. He was a yeah. joke at the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he calls it like I see it. I love it. Um, let's see here. Oh man, most excited game I'm, uh, I'm excited to see for the playoffs. I'm gonna say, uh, out of all this, I'm gonna have to go with Tanner on this one. I believe that Seattle is, uh, is a big team to watch, even though I believe, uh, um, even though I believe the Saints are the team to beat in the NFC. And this isn't me taking a bash at, at my own Vikings, but uh, you know, I, I looked at it today. They're gonna be missing Mackenzie Alexander, who is one of the, who is an argument for the best slot corner in football. And then they're also gonna be missing Mike Hughes, who is on injured reserve. I don't know what's wrong with him. Um, but I mean, and now they're bringing in Marcus Sherrills, who is, let's face it, five foot ten with two inch heels. So he's not a very big corner. Uh, he's mainly a punt returner. And the Vikings signed themselves in the biggest game of the year without two of their best corners. And we already know from what we've watched for the Vikings, they weren't exactly anything to write home about defensively, anyways. So uh, I'm definitely expecting now. I, before that, I had like a sliver of hope, about as much hope as you can have. For, you know, being a Vikings fan, but now that those two corners are out, I, uh, I'm, I'm expecting at least a 30-point blowout by the Saints just because uh, the Vikings defensively don't have as much depth as I thought they had, but, you know, it's just the life of being a Vikings fan. Um, and there's also rumors that Mike Zimmer might go to the Dallas Cowboys after this game, uh, and, you know, the, the Wolves just issued a statement basically saying that they have uh, all the trust and that all the plans for Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer to be in the future of the Vikings. I, as a Vikings fan, I love... Uh, I love that, but it's also the fact that, like, it's just, I, I don't know how much optimism to have for the future. Anyway, uh, the game I'm most excited about, once again, is the Seahawks. They brought Marshawn Lynch back, uh, again, which we covered last week, but I think Marshawn Lynch, this game, could have a big game. And what I mean by big game, I think his days of having, you know, obviously 200-yard games are over. I don't think he had a lot of those anyways. But the Philadelphia Eagles are probably one of the most interesting teams in the NFL. I mean, Carson Wentz, a guy that was what, two years ago in the MVP conversation through 13 games, and then now uh, you're almost like a little too, uh, I don't want to say, like, 
nervous to call him an MVP candidate or even to maybe even say uh, f- uh, for sure franchise quarterback. But now he's kind of turned it around a little bit. Um, and the Eagles find themselves with an opportunity, at a chance at making a playoff run. But I really expect the Seahawks here, especially Russell Wilson plays his best football, you know, other than one throw in the Super Bowl wasn't his fault. Uh in the playoffs. So the Seahawks got Marshawn Lynch back. I expect him to have a big game. And by that, again, I mean at least 70 yards rushing. He'll have a couple touchdowns. Um, I don't expect him to have another 100, 200 yard game. I just think those days are past him. He's what, 33? Um, yeah. it's, I think it's time that uh, we, we, we kind of temper the expectations a little bit. But he will help them out in a major way. But I'm um, curious, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off here. Out of, out of these four games inside of these eight teams, you know, how many of these teams could you see potentially? as an actual Super Bowl champion. You know, if you had to, how many could you envision actually making the run? I mean, for me, I see the Saints, the Seahawks, and I, I think I would put the Texans as a dark horse um, Super Bowl contender. I'm interested, I guess, hear what you guys think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tristan, you can go ahead and take that big guy. Yeah, everybody who's playing in the wild card games this weekend, I think uh, New Orleans is the obvious choice in the NFC. Uh, Seattle definitely could. I don't think the Eagles or Vikings will get very far, but in the AFC... Um, obviously the Patriots, they're always there, but you know, besides the Patriots, I'd probably have to pick, I don't know. For me, it's kind of like a tie between the Texans and the Titans. I honestly think the Titans have what it takes to make a deep run. Um, if they can get past Baltimore in the divisional round, then I'll probably pick Tennessee to win the Super Bowl because well, they, and they found their offense late. Yeah. Yeah. They've been playing really well, but, uh, yeah, if I had to pick, I'd, I'd pick Houston definitely over ten, Tennessee right now. Nice. For me, uh, obviously, it's the Saints. I mean, I've said it for even last week. They're the hottest team in football right now, other than the Baltimore Ravens. They're a own separate animal. Not bringing the Ravens into this. Saints are the hottest team in football right now. Alvin Kamara is heating up. Uh, Thomas is obviously, again, one of the best wide receivers. But I believe, you know, I was reading this. I believe, uh, I'm trying to remember who said it, but I read it on the Vikings website uh, that the biggest mismatch possibly for the Minnesota Vikings is going to be Jared Cook. Um, and even I think that's even a bigger matchup for throughout the playoffs because Jared Cook, listen, he only has 43 catches this year, but nine of those went for touchdowns, okay? And Drew Brees uh, absolutely balled out, even though he missed, what, four or five games? He almost hit 30 touchdown passes and still missed four or five games. So, I mean, obviously, the Saints are the team to beat in the NFC. I don't think anybody can argue that, especially with how many injuries that San Francisco has uh, has sustained this, you know, when it was later in the season. Um, the Seahawks, you know... To be honest with you, I, I, I is it me or is the Saints are the Saints just a little bit put together more better put together more better better put together than the Seahawks because I mean think top to bottom you know you said I believe the Saints have best have one of the best rosters in the entire NFL and the Seahawks you know I mean you got Pete Carroll who's uh, I think at this point is in the conversation for being a Hall of Fame coach but at the same time I, I still think that uh, Saints have a better roster top to bottom so I don't think the Seahawks. Um, well, maybe make it to the you know, like the NFC Championship or whatever, but I, I think they've got a shot. Um, as far as the AFC, it's the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, uh, I it's I don't care about the Texans. I don't care about the Patriots. You know, I actually said that the Patriots uh, will come out and demolish it. And I think I'm gonna. It's a tough thing because Tom Brady, or excuse me, Bill Belichick always finds a way to come out and use your biggest strength against you. And I feel like um, you know Bill Belichick is going to find a way to do the same thing here. I'm not going to go back on what I said from the beginning. I've always said that the Patriots are going to find a way to shut down uh, 
Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So I still think that's how it's going to go. For me, though, Lamar Jackson, uh, obviously MVP candidate. Uh, you can't c- completely count the guy out. I mean, I know he's you know, got a week off or whatever, but at the at the end of the day, I still think it's going to come down to you know what Bill Belichick dials up. So um, that's that's what I that's my take on it. Um, let's see here. Then we've also got um, there's a lot of different things we've also got tonight. I'm just trying to um, here we go. Obviously, we've got the firing of the coaches, the NFL, um, Pat Shermer, uh, Freddie Kitchens, and now most recently. Uh, Cowboys head coach uh, Garrett, which shockingly wasn't too shocking. I I don't know. I just don't think it was that. I mean, to me, it wasn't that shocking. I mean, there's a lot of different things that uh, that Jason Garrett could have done. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's gone. Biggest surprise coach firing Tristan Go. Shoot, uh, the biggest surprise was probably I don't know. There haven't been many huge ones besides Jason Garrett. So I'll just say Jason Garrett because um, maybe Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was pretty surprising. He's a hell of a coach. But the Cowboys organization, there's like a family. I didn't think – I mean, Jason Garrett probably should have been fired a number of years ago, maybe one or two years ago, um, because he can't really seem to do anything with the talent he has, especially this year. There's no excuse for not making the playoffs this year with the roster he's had. Um but, yeah, it really surprised me because I really felt like uh, no matter what, Jerry Jones was going to stick with Jason Garrett and everybody was going to keep calling for him to get fired and he was going to keep not getting fired. But uh, I think, yeah, pro- besides that one, the biggest surprising was probably Ron Rivera to me. He's a really good coach, and their roster was beat up all year besides Christian McCaffrey carrying the team. And they still managed to win a handful of games that they probably sh- they probably shouldn't have. And they almost beat the Packers, and they shouldn't have won that – are they – the Packers probably shouldn't have won that game. I think the Panthers should have won that game. But uh, I was really surprised they didn't stick with him into the future. But uh, the Redskins definitely got themselves a good head coach. They absolutely did. Mr. Fritz. Yeah, no, I think you kind of hit it right on the head. I think letting go Rivera was – I can see why they did it, but it was also dumb. I think the I think the Redskins scooping him up was a slam dunk hire for them, and they're a team who needs a slam dunk hire. I think the most surprising thing, though, is that Freddie Kitchens ever had a job. Um, he was by far the worst NFL head coach I've ever seen, and not just by his calls or anything. It's just the way he looked on the sidelines. He looked like a lost dog. And, Freddie, I know you're probably a big fan of the show, and if you're listening, I mean this sincerely. You sucked. You were awful. If I was the Browns, if I was a Browns fan, which I'm not even close to remotely a Browns fan, I hate you. You were terrible, and that's just my two cents. Um, made it through that without swearing. I didn't think I would. But thank you. thank you. It's I mean it's he, he was really bad. So I mean the Browns get to start fresh, but I don't know who wants to walk into that dumpster fire. Uh, Jason Garrett had the best job in the world for the last nine years because he could pretty much uh, just do whatever he wants as long as you let Jerry Jones tell him whatever to do. Um, and finally, he it just ran its course. I mean they actually I don't know if you saw it his, the, after their last game. You know he took his family on the field and was throwing the ball and was hugging everyone. I think he knew it was probably time. I'm glad he didn't have to go away getting fired. I, I mean, I think his contract was just out. But, I mean, what a ride that guy got. What The amount of paychecks that guy got that any other coach would have been kicked out the door. He's a smart guy for just, you know, being Jerry's lapdog for that many years. But it would be interesting to see where they go now. I really hope it's Lincoln Riley just so I can see my good friend Garrett um, get all get all riled up again. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I, I was looking at this, and I would say that the biggest surprise to me as far as coach firings was Pat Shermer. 
Now, I think the, the Giants, obviously, we can all agree, weren't a team to really watch this year, but he was slowly starting to develop talent. Daniel Jones was coming along at quarterback. I say Quan Barkley, need I say more? But, uh, but, I mean, there's so many other things for the Giants that I don't think people took into consideration, especially when you consider how far they were coming. The Giants now, I, I believe when Daniel Jones took over, I think he won a game and then he was like, it was done, like he, they won like an eight-game losing streak. But if you look and you watch their games with a keen eye, you could just see that their defense was, uh, it was gassed. Like, they just couldn't do a lot defensively. Saquon Bar uh, Barkley barely got over 1,000 yards because... He just, I mean, the dude, the dude was injured for a couple games. Um, the fact that he came back from a high ankle sprain with, what, three games and, like, two or three games was absolutely incredible to me because Adrian Peterson didn't do it in five games, so this kid doing it in three was absolutely insane. Uh, Daniel Jones, 24 touchdown passes against 12 picks. Um, I think you got some talent there. I mean, you also, Evan Ingram, I don't know. This dude is injured more times than, well, anybody, and uh, he's a very promising tight end. So if you look top to bottom, they're getting talent. They, I mean, they were getting talent in this on this football team, offensively anyways. And Pat Shermer's a former offensive coordinator, a great offensive coordinator, might I add, for the Vikings' 2017 NFC playoff run. Uh, or, excuse me, title game playoff run until, obviously, they got to the title game. But if you look at from top to bottom, they were developing. They were they had talent. Um, they were getting there. Now, they weren't winning games. I think that's a separate thing when you're an NFL coach trying to coach a team. Obviously, you got you want to coach your team uh, to be disciplined. Uh, and I think a big thing within that is tackling well. The Vikings, uh, for example, one of the best tackling teams in the entire NFL. And I think that was one thing that Mike Zimmer wanted to hone in on. And there's a lot of these other coaches that really hone in that because you miss a tackle and I got to get seven extra yards. You miss a plethora of tackles that can just be like – a big catastrophe for your team because there's so many things that uh, a missed tackle can lead to. But things like that defensively, I think, is what doomed Shermer. And Shermer, you know, I got a buddy that uh, I write about, or excuse me, that I, I converse with uh, from the Unfiltered Sports Network that we talk about. I talked about the Giants, and he said that, you know, these last couple of years, he just didn't see Shermer dialing up those patented uh, running back screens or anything like that. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, look, the Giants average 21 points a game. And, you know, I'm not saying that the Giants' defense needs to be able to, to allow at least two touchdowns, but it would have helped. Their defense was not anything to write home about, even though, I mean, they were improved. But at the same time, they they were not by any means a good defensive unit. So I think if – I think at least – and this might just be me. If I'm wrong, ask my girlfriend. I'm okay with being wrong, but I am not okay with uh, being told I'm wrong and not having a single reason. I believe that you need – as an NFL coach, I think you need three seasons, unless you're absolutely awful. Like, uh, like I'll, I'll even go with you on this, uh, Tanner. Freddie Catches was awful. He should have been out yeah, after a what season. what a moron. That <laughs> 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 <Kinda suck. laughs> So, I know you're watching, was... Freddie. Come to Sioux Falls. <laughs> meet me outside. Oh, my God. Uh, all I'm saying is that you need more than one season. Like, you need more than th – I think you need three seasons to be able to make that that jump. I think you – I'm sorry. Your comment still got me. But I still think that it's – you need three seasons to be able to, like, actually judge a coach on what he does. I'm not he, even shouldn't have, the... he shouldn't have had one season. Okay. I mean, the fact oh. the fact that Cleveland hired him, hired him was blasphemy. Like, yeah. To see what Greg Williams was it Greg Williams did with the Browns uh, last year or not maybe so. not Greg, I, don't no, know. I think he was I think he was mm -hmm. maybe intern something like that for, yeah. them, for them not to hire him I was I was super surprised and then they hired Freddie Kitchen somebody who's never had a coaching job that's yeah. besides being a coordinator but uh, yeah it was like a Michelin thing. man yeah he couldn't 
every time there was drama on the sidelines, he would ignore it rather than talk and try to discipline the players. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't realize how how much I hated Freddie Kitchens till I sat down to do this about twenty minutes ago. Just <laughs> yeah. it came it came from a bad place. So this is like a, this is like a, a literally a birthing of a new hatred for a man that you've never met before. Like what? I'll never see him man. I'll never see him on a sideline again for sure. Guy yeah. sucked. <laughs> I just I can't believe uh, everything that happened with like I go back to the podcast episodes. I said that the the Cleveland Browns were Super Bowl contenders. How do you think I feel? Okay, especially with the fact that I I put all of my eggs into one basket, and for them to not even really be in like an aliable playoff scenario, like I I feel like absolutely like I just feel emasculated. Right? Like I don't know why I did. I think I was just joining the hype train because of seeing all the weapons they had. Well, they built thinking, their team like a they built their team like you were playing you know Madden franchise and yeah, like oh if I get the you know two two like they didn't really take into account all of that meshing super well and you know what happens is baker mayfield takes a massive step back they can't they can't pass protect he doesn't step up in the pocket they have really horrible horrible play calling when nick chubb is one of the top probably five backs in the league and like there'd be times where he would have hardly any carries in the half like it he just did a terrible job and he deserves to be laughed at in front of the whole world like we're doing right now i know you know i'm going to continue to laugh at Freddie kitchens for years to come Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to get off the Freddie Kitchens uh, subject. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Uh, okay, so let's see here. Out of all the other head coach firings, I really wasn't surprised. I mean, obviously, last time I'll mention him, Freddie Kitchens wasn't a big surprise. Pat Shermer, um, again, not a big surprise. Uh, even Well, that was a big surprise for me, but maybe not for a lot of other people. Um, what about uh, – I think it's it's time we talk about this. You know, I'm a guy – I went to Custer High School. I actually went to Rapid City Central High School for uh, most of my freshman year and all of my sophomore year. And then I went back to Custer High School. Winning a state title. You know, I never won a state title. I was I was one of those teams, you know, I was on the team that uh, always was a step away. Like, we always – we had enough ta- talent. Um, I just feel like mentally we weren't there. Um, and I'm kind of looking at this, you know, Tristan and Tanner. I know you guys are probably going to poke fun at me because I never won a state title. I never got a ring. Yeah, I get it. I've heard it all. Um, but I mean, I, and I'm going to actually start with Tanner on this because, you know, I'm I'm lucky to be enough at the Winter Advocate. I'm, I'm covering the Winter Warriors. I was yep, at the state yeah. title game this year. Um, I'm really excited for the the girls to, and possibly the boys to even maybe go to the state tournament this year in basketball. Your brother's playing. Dude dunked uh, like a week or two ago. I couldn't believe it. I was. I think I looked around the entire gym and everybody's mouths were wide open because you, uh, the boy got hops. So yeah, I, I used to be able to dunk too. There's just no video of it. Really? <laughs> no. Uh, let's see here. So being a state championship, uh, excuse me, on a state championship team in, in winter South Dakota, is it me, Tanner, or football's different in winter, is it not? Yeah, and I think that comes from, one, having continuity at head coach for so long. Um and with that comes success. And I think you could probably talk to 99% of people that have played under Coach Aker, and they would say the same thing, is that they're really, really happy that they got to play for him. Um, not only just because you became a better football player, I just think it truly you know, made you a better person in terms of you know, being held accountable in high school at a, you know, at, by anyone other than your parents. And maybe most of them weren't even being held accountable by their parents. And that's one thing that he did really well is he held people accountable. I you know, I, to this day, I don't have dreams about playing. Like I don't, when I fall asleep, I don't dream about playing football anymore. I have dreams about missing practice and nightmares. I'll wake up sweating, um, <laughs> running up the hill, running up the hill and seeing him, you know, standing over there, just pissed. I still have nightmares about that to this day. And 
um, I think that's a good thing. I mean, he had he had respect from everyone, and and what that does is it it breeds down to all the younger kids. And I mean, I know when I was when we were nine and ten, that's all we do is we go play backyard football and beat the crap out of each other and think about you know, and, and that's what we do during the games too. We'd go up to the top of the hill and you'd beat the crap out of each other. But at the end of the day, you know that you know winning a winning a state championship at the time like that's all we wanted to do and. Um, you know, as I've gotten older now, you know, a couple of years removed from it, it used to be more of a cool thing. Now I just appreciate the fact that I got to be a part of that team, to be mm-hmm. honest, um, because it, it takes a little while for you to realize that you don't get to do do cool stuff like that with your childhood friends anymore. Right. I mean, I see most of them, you know, a handful of them a couple times a year, maybe at most. And so it's cool to have memories like that. I mean, we probably played in two of the. I, would, I mean, you have to ask Coach Aker, probably two of the top five um, games in at least modern w- winter football history with the semifinal game. You know, we came back from being down like 26-13 with, in the fourth quarter. And um, and then the state championship, we had like four or five goal line stands and um, ended the game with a goal line stand. Um, so it, it's just cool, cool things like that. And, you know, when I was a, a jerk at 19 going into college, that's all I wanted to talk about. But now it's just... Now it's just like something that is, uh, it's cool to think back on, but that's why I also, you know, then having, having a little brother go through it and, you know, seeing him come up just short last year, knowing he has another year at least, but, um, you know, I, I would have no problem telling, you know, coach Aker how, you know, how much it meant to, you know, I'm sure a lot of us that, um, he held us accountable and made us better people. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this whole message, this whole purpose of this whole segment of the show is to really encapsulate you know, a winning attitude, like a winning culture, a winning, uh, just like a winning mentality. You know, Tristan, you know, Pierre just won the state championship for the third year in a row. Uh, I actually got to catch a little bit of their state championship game against Brookings. And my dad went to Brookings, so it was kind of a little bit of a way for me to kind of rub it into his face. Uh, but, you know, looking at this, you know, when you were in high school, what, uh, I know this, <laughs> it's literally like we're, we're like when you were in high school, I know that's not what I meant to do with this, but I'm just asking, you know, when you were playing and you, you guys won a state title, um, you know, what, uh, what did that do for you? Like, what, uh, like, what was that experience like? Uh, it was really cool. Um, I can't give enough credit to the coaches. We had, uh, Jason Poppinga was our head coach at the time and Shannon Poppinga was our kind of assistant head coach. He was our defensive coordinator. I think right now, uh, Jason and Shannon, they both coach at Sioux Falls O'Gorman now. Mm-hmm. Um, they only coached in Pierre for one year or two years. Uh, their first year we won the state title and it was Pierre's first ever state title. And, uh, yeah, they just did a really good job just shaping our minds and, like, championship mindsets, like you guys said, and just hard work um, and teaching us that hard work pays off and teaching us that, like, um, no matter how hard you work, no matter how good you are, they're going to, like, there's other people pushing for your spot. Like, in our uh, on our football team, um, the starters, you know, besides the quarterback and the offensive line – there wasn't a starting spot that was really solidified on the offense. Like, if you get beat in practice or outperformed in practice one week, the other guy's the starter the next week. It didn't stay the same. So it was pretty cool in that manner. But uh, more than anything, them just developing a, a hardworking mindset for us. And I like what Tanner said, um, I think about practice all the time. I don't really think about the games much anymore because they're whatever. But um, it was kind of weird for us and Pierre because they uh, they actually created the AAA class. Um the year that we won the state title and we stayed at double a so before the season even started um it was kind of like uh common sense around here that we were probably going to win the state title 
um, if we could get through Brookings because they were still in double A mm-hmm. and that we should have been moved up to triple A. So it was kind of like a chip on everybody's shoulder to prove everybody wrong. I don't even know why Pierre's not in triple A yet. They should be. They should have been after we do a whole the segment on that. Yeah, yeah, they should have been in AAA the year we won the state title. We played double-A teams the whole year besides Rapid City. Uh, we pooped on Rapid City by like 30 points. And then uh, we played Sioux Falls O'Gorman for their homecoming. And everybody thought we were going to lose by like 30. But we ended up beating them like 16 to 14. And mm-hmm. it was like the winds were like 50 miles an hour. And we were an air raid offense. So we had to beat them at their own game and run it down their throat. And so it was really cool. Um, but yeah, just instilling the mindset of hard work was really the only thing I take from it anymore. Um, yeah, just creating hardworking individuals and just uh, developing a mindset that uh, you need to work harder. You're never, you're never in a spot where you work so hard to get there that you're going to be there forever. Like you always need to have um, just awareness that your job could always be taken from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you always need to push yourself to be the best you can be. So. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask this question, you know, and I'm you guys will maybe find out. And my girlfriend knows, Alyssa, I love you. If you're listening, please get to bed. You need to sleep. Uh, you know, if I'm, I have the one thing I've noticed is I'm a, I've turned into a really philosophical, uh, philosophical person ish. I don't know what that's the word. Uh, I look at everything, um, philosophically. There we go, man. I, I read dictionaries, and, uh, you know, I'm just, I look at things and I try to find the deeper meaning in things. I try to find, you know, what, what, uh, you know, what it really, and like I, being a state champ, you know, do you, uh, let me ask you this guys, does that, do you guys, did you guys carry yourself any different? Did you, what did your mentality change? Did you, you know, what, you know, the thought process, like walking down the halls, obviously your guys' heads were pretty swelled, but I mean that, that comes with winning a state title. That that's just part of the game. Like how did your guys' mentality and maybe just thoughts about yourself change? Like how did you change? Yeah, so I, it definitely made me uh, probably a little bit more of a jerk for at least like the start of college and whatnot. But I mean, you, pretty quickly you find out that no one really cares um, that much. I mean, it's not, it's not, it really shouldn't be about that, right? And I, I learned that quick enough that it's not about, you know, being able to say that you won a championship. It's more, I think it's, it should be more internally and like now at 24. Um, it's just cool. Like this. I don't go. I don't go down. You know, go to the bars and tell people like, "Hey, I don't know if you guys know this, but 2012." <laughs> but I mean, I probably should. But yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's really. I mean, right away, yeah. But I would I would recommend um, don't don't open with meeting people on your freshman year college floor, being like, "Hey, I don't know. You guys see that? You guys see that game?" <laughs> Yeah, I see this ring, like, just flashing it. But that's all I ever wanted. And John Clute, I love you to death, big guy. I played two years of college football with him. He, all he did is he would he would make fun of me, and he'd have those two rings, and he'd click them in. Like, he always made fun of me for that. I was like, girl, John, I know. Like, I know you won two state titles. Good for you, big guy. And uh, Tristan, what about you? Like, did your mentality change? Did your attitude change? Like, what, what about you might have changed by winning a state title? Yeah, it was kind of the, the same as what he said. I mean... Um, the first couple months or the remainder of the high, my high school life after you won the state championship, it kind of a lot of cockiness and arrogance came from it. Um, we even wore our rings around school, like just just flash them, and we wore them for our prom picture, our prom pictures, and everything. So it was, it was a big deal. <laughs> when you're in high school, it was a big deal, and then as soon as you get to college, nobody gives a crap. Um, so as soon as you got, to, as soon as I got to college, at least for me, and I would talk about it a lot my freshman year to people, but uh, after that, it's just kind of 
you know, nobody cares that you won a state championship. I mean, half the people that played football at this college probably won a state championship, some other school. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's really humbling looking back at it. And it kind of, I don't really know. It teaches you a good lesson in terms of like how to, I don't really, I'm not really sure, but um I don't know. I'm at a loss for words, I guess. I can't really. Uh, I'm bad with you're words. Still, you're still going back into it, aren't you? You're still, the memories are flowing back for Tristan over here. Uh, <laughs> and I well, guess. I mean, I ended up actually, I ended up uh, meeting the, his name's Brett Page. He was a quarterback for Tri-Valley on the team that we obviously we played against in the Dome. And I ended up pretty much living with him all the way up throughout college. And he's still, you know, one of my best friends. He lives right up the road. So like stuff like that's even cooler, right? That you can kind of put and tie stuff back together. We don't, you know, it's not we don't talk about that, but we're, you know, just, you know, good way to meet people too. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming a little bit of rubbing in came in. No, maybe just, no, no. Really? no, Brett's a scary dude. He's small, but mighty. <laughs> um, you know, and for me, and I might be wrong on this again, I don't mind being wrong, but for me, I'm looking at this. Um, and is football the only game that really like you have to be like the memories are all you have. Like, like that's literally like, cause you can always lace up and play a pickup game of basketball. You can always go and, you know, and, and, and join amateur baseball. Uh, but you can't ever get like, it's in some cases, even college, you know, and I, when I stood up for the last time for PC, you know, I, I just, I think it, the, the, like the realization that like, this was the last time, like, and like, uh, I, the song, I think it's by Brad Paisley last time for everything. You know, like that cause that song came to mind, but I made sure I was focused for the game and everything. But you know, so when I listen to that song, um, you know, and I even when I even when I just think about the memories, I mean, is is football? The, I feel like football is the only game that really you can uh, you can ever like ever say like, wow, man, this is actually the last time that this is gonna happen. Like even the NFL, like you you, you can kind of gauge when you're you know the end of your career is coming. But like in high school and college football, if you're lucky enough to play college football, like that's when you I think you. Uh, you start to realize that, man, this is the last time. What about you guys? What do you guys think about that? Yeah, no, it's actually, it, I mean, it's probably a little bit harder for me to answer because I never had that that moment of, you know, this is the last time. Because, I mean, when you, when you, your last game you walk off and you won it, right? I didn't, you know, everyone's celebrating everyone. You get it a little bit on the bus, but you're still so jacked up. And I mean, honestly, so like for me, that, that kind of made it super easy. I never really had to have those thoughts because, you know, you go out on top and that's all you think about. But, you know, now you start thinking about it a little bit too. It's like, well, I play, I can play slow pitch softball. We can play intramural, you know, three on three basketball or whatever. I don't really think I can go out there and even play flag football anymore. I, my body would break down. I would, I would literally pull every muscle I have. So yeah, no, it is. It's interesting. And, and especially when you add in the, you know, the contact part of it, like, there's ain't no way you're getting me back in, in full pads nowhere. No. <laughs> Not happening. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an interesting way to look at it. What about you, Tristan? Yeah, it was difficult for me. I mean, after we won the state championship, there was a lot of celebrating on the field, and uh, everybody was super jacked up. But as soon as all that was done, we all kind of went back into the locker room. We get changed and showered and get on the bus. And there's a lot of the guys, like the seniors, um, a lot of my friends that were seniors, we were all part of the FCA at school, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So they were all kind of just like sitting by their locker saying a prayer. So I was just like, yeah, this is kind of sad. So I went back to my locker and I kind of just like, before I even took my helmet off, I'm still wearing my helmet. I was sitting there. I'm just like, I'm going to take my helmet off and I, I probably won't ever put on a helmet ever again. Like this sucks. Um, mm -hmm. It's cool. We won state title and everything, but um, there's nothing I ever loved more than football and playing football. So it was mm -hmm. pretty sad. But yeah, I played flag football. 
at the University of Mary, and you can play pickup basketball and anything, but not playing actual tackle football with pads on. You're, I felt like I was just missing something. So that kind of like led me to walking on the Umary football team. I didn't even care. I didn't really, in my mind, have a vision of ever playing in a game for Umary, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to put pads on, and I want to practice with you guys because yeah, I love playing football so much. Like, I don't even care if I get to stand on the sideline. I'll go watch your games and I'll practice. I'll be a tackle dummy. Like, I don't yeah. care. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, – it sucks still to this day. I wish I could still be playing football, but um, yeah, it's hard. But I cherish the memories that I have from it and take the good lessons with me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, and I've stated multiple times, it's even in my Twitter bio. You know, I'm lucky enough to be a, a Winter Advocate staff reporter and I uh, cover a lot of great sports and everything. And the one thing that I've noticed, you know, I've went back, uh, I'm, you know, I love my girlfriend, but I'm a huge nerd. So I don't, I don't really, I'm not cool in any way. So I go back and watch the state title games and I, I go back and you know watch those and instead of you know trying to find ways of being cool and, and by like I don't know dressing better or whatever it is I uh, I go back and I watch state championship games I, I watched the Cologne state championship game laugh from last year and then I watched uh, you know I actually just watched the winter girls uh, state championship game from last year as well or yeah and um, you know I it, there's there's something that it's about um, and I wrote it down in the, in, in the outline as insurmountable pressure and I mean it's I, I I'll still think that uh, resilience is it makes a part of a champion. Like it, it literally shapes you. Like for me, my team in high school, I just felt like every time we would uh, like we we would score. The only time there was only one time we ever really answered the bell when the pressure was on. But you know, I, every time things got tough, you know, we kind of crumbled. Like that was just our genetic makeup. That was who we are, uh, who we were as a team. And the and the teams I've covered in the winter in Columbia, I've even seen it in Peter too. It didn't matter the pressure. Like, it didn't matter, uh, i.e., look at the uh, St. Thomas More game this last year. St. Thomas More threw, like, a 50-yard bomb uh, over one of the uh, winner warrior uh, DBs. I don't remember who it was. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, as a reporter, like, I know, you know, that's a big play. But as a football player, I'm like, man, that's a little bit demoralizing. And then to see them come out and, and just drive, what was it, 80 yards down the field. And from that moment on, just set the tone. Like, I, it, it's plays like that, and it's, it's drives like that, and it's uh, – and it's really it's momentum shifting, uh, like ch- a chain of events like that that really you know shape a football game. It's it, it all comes down to the same thing about answering pressure and being able to uh, you know stand up in the face of all that. So I mean, what about you guys? Like, I never like uh, apparently. Well, I guess we never really handled it that well. But like for you guys, like how like how did you guys handle that pressure like internally? I don't even think it's so much uh, like a internal person. I mean, especially if we're still talking about football. I mean. That's kind of the benefit of you know playing with guys that you're best friends with or you've grown up with, and you played these backyard games. You've played, you know, all this, all these different sports with each other throughout the time. I mean, like I said, we were down 13 points against Flandreau. We had just fumbled again inside their 10. We feel like the second time, and you know, there really wasn't a lot of panic for a team down 13 with like 10 minutes left. And I, I could be misremembering the score and time, whatever, but something mm-hmm. along along those lines. All it took was a you know a defensive shift where um, you know we started blitzing on the outside towards their, wherever their motion was going and and all of a sudden the game flipped I mean you you know put together a drive and you just trust each other I think and you trust everyone that they're going to do their job no one's trying to do too much I mean that's where you get in trouble in football too is if you have a guy who you know is is trying to do too much because he doesn't trust that the guy next to him is going to be able to do his job um, mm-hmm. so I think that's that's important. Um, I guess outside of football, I don't really have a good, a good, uh, good.
good story to tell, but you know, we were never that great in basketball. So, but yeah, I think it just comes from the guys around you. And if you're in hope, you're lucky enough to be in a situation where those guys are all, you know, at least talented enough to, to do their job, then you're in a pretty good spot. Mm-hmm. Tristan resilience. What do you got big guy? Uh, can you repeat the question? Well, okay. I know I said it like, uh, like I really said a long way about it is, you know, um, in state championship teams and, you know, there's, you know, a team will score a touchdown, like the opposing team will score a touchdown. And you, you have to, as a, you know, as a, as a team that is in that position, you have to find a way to be able to rise out of the ashes or be able to uh, try to find a way to answer. I mean, can you talk about like what, like what being able to stand up in the face of pressure, like what, you know, or what that feeling was in you when you guys were able to answer the bell? Yeah, so I would say we probably faced a really difficult challenge in the middle of the season, more so than in the state championship game. Um, I think we were 6-0 and or 7-0, and and we traveled to Yankton, and we played Yankton. And up until the Yankton game, we were really uh, we were really good on offense. We'd beat teams by 30 or 40 points, um, but we were really lazy on defense. So when we went to Yankton, um, we ended up having a pretty sloppy game on offense, and our defense couldn't help us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was so much pressure on us. we got to stay undefeated. we got to win this game. And we ended up losing, and it was just the worst thing in the world. Everybody was crying and pissed off and or wh- whatever. But after that game, it was the way we handled it and the way we came back from it. We ended up having the best defense in the state after that because we realized we're not we're not as good as we think we are. Like we need to step it up. We need to play better. But a lot of it came down to trust. Like as long as you trust the guys around you, a lot of them were really good friends of mine. So I didn't really have any trust issues with anybody. Mm-hmm. So as long as you trust the guys around you, trust your coaches. Um, it really made it pretty easy the rest of the season for us after that loss. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of pressure at all. I mean, the first quarter of the state championship game, it was a lot of nerves and nobody's really acting like they're friends. You're trying to act like you're a professional, but that's when you, I think that's when you try too hard at your job. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the first quarter, kind of let loose and ended up winning like 37 to seven, but, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Not to brag, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you're still it's like four years later, man. Get over it. Tanner won money. Uh, yeah, I'm over it. But yeah, that. it's just it's just how you respond from it. Um, is the biggest thing for me for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's on the flip side of that, you could have somebody you know that uh, that just you know lives in that moment, and that's not necessarily a bad thing that lives in that moment forever. I mean, I got a buddy. You know, I, I, it's kind of funny enough. You know, when I was coming to PC, there was another guy named Colton Hall. And he, we were roommates, and I'm thinking, all right, what's what's gonna go on here? And <laughs> Colton was a little uh, little out there. Uh, Colton was Colton was very interesting. You know, I, I remember you know we would be playing somebody, and uh, instead of like me focused, I was a redshirt at the time, so I was I'm on, I'm on the sidelines focused, like man, these guys are gonna blow. But you know, I'm in the moment. I'm playing college football, and and Colton would be like messing around with me, like just trying to like say jokes. And I'm like, dude, why don't you focus? Because he was, he, he, Colton was a whole different story, but you know, it, it was funny because, you know, freshman and sophomore year when we played together, every year around the same time, like state championship, he would, he would whip out his state championship tape, uh, that state championship game and show us every, he goes, hey, you guys want to stay and watch the state championship game? And we'd be like, no, that was two years ago, dude. Like, no, we don't want to watch that. Like, but it was funny because uh, he he played it with his good friend Trace, who's actually a really good friend. We had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and then we played it for uh, another good buddy of mine. And he, all all four of us were roommates: me, Colton Hall, Trayson, and then Logan Wise, who played in the state title game as well uh, against Trayson and uh, Colton. So, I mean, for me, uh, I mean, maybe it's not a bad thing to be able to be able to look back at it and be able to be really proud of that because, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, I think so, I don't remember what teacher told me growing up, but they were they told us that the 
the, the students that you grow up with that you're actually in class with you you actually expend you spend like most of your life together like you're, you're beginning like you're growing up years and then you know maybe that's why they have you know reunions or whatnot so i mean be able to go back and remember that i guess maybe isn't the worst thing i don't know i mean i what do i know i'm a 23 year old kid from the black hills i mean that's just yeah i don't know maybe that's another way of uh just remembering the good times i mean because you got to remember those you got to be able to look at those and just be able to take a lesson from them. I don't know. Um, life in college. Definitely something, uh, I think for a lot, for all three of us, probably a time to remember. What about uh, favorite college memories? Go, Tristan, go. Probably easily freshman year, first semester. Um, you kind of, <laughs> I was roommates with T-Bart, Travis. Yep. And, uh, I actually went to college. So over the whole summer before I went to my freshman year of college, I worked for my dad's construction company, saving up money so I would have spending money to get me through the school year so I wouldn't have to get a part-time job. And mm -hmm. so I ended up going into my freshman year with about like 4,500 bucks. So you would wow. think, you know, it should get me through the year. Like yeah. I should have plenty of spending money. I didn't have to buy books or anything. Mm -hmm. But uh, I ended up looking for jobs at the end of October. Um, <laughs> no way. Know, September because me and Travis we'd go out every night we'd go to like any movie that was playing at the theater we'd see it twice like <laughs> we would yeah spent a lot of money went out to eat it was just really fun because you didn't really have a care in the world I mean you're finally on your own you can make your own decisions you don't have to be home at a certain time but it was kind of the shift between freshman and sophomore year or first semester of freshman year second semester because it screwed around so much I got put on academic probation my first semester and so being able to bounce back and uh, handle myself more responsibly in my second semester taught me a lot about um, prioritizing things and but definitely the most fun mem the most fun memories was definitely my my uh, first semester of college for sure. Mm -hmm. Mr. Fritz. Yeah, no, I think uh, I don't know how many stories that I can I can tell, but um, some of the ones that really come to mind are my junior and senior year. We got this big old house in Vermilion. It's I can't, I can't even really describe how gross it was um, just with words. It would, you'd have to be able to smell it, but it was fun. It was, but we had six people living in it. And so the one thing is it was, and then uh, one of my other buddies, his name was Soden, Brady Soden. And he just loved falling down and falling into stuff. And he uh, broke a, broke the window, falling down the stairs. He fell into like when you walk in our door there's this big drywall slab he fell backwards into it and left almost like a body impression on it and then before <laughs> we left before we left we just put a usd flag over it and never heard about it we got our most of our security deposit back so i don't even know if they ever saw it but i think <laughs> a, a lot of uh, a lot of my best memories you know are from either you know being in that house or being with those guys i mean we did a lot of stupid stuff but that's kind of why you go to college right mm -hmm, yeah <laughs> i just find it funny because, you know, growing up, I really wasn't uh, one to, like, I, maybe you guys partied. I didn't party. You know, I was there for business. I was there on a scholarship. I was trying to. Uh, I was there. For, I was there to party. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I went there. My goal was to be, become the best football player that I could uh, and just be the best you know, version of myself. Because I think I'll never forget this. I, you know, I'd committed everything, signed my letter of intent. And it was the second semester I'm taking honors physics. I had no business being in that class. <laughs> and uh, no business whatsoever. And the, the, the reason I passed that class was because the football coach was the teacher. Like, that's the only reason. And um, 
I remember, you know, sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm screwing around. You know, my buddies are doing all the problems for me. Like, I'm not doing anything. Like, I'm just like, blah, blah. I'm going to college football in three months. I don't need any of it. I'm gone. And teacher comes up to me. No, it actually wasn't the football coach. It was Mr. Elsman. He wasn't even, he wasn't even the football coach. So the fact that I got a, the fact that I got an A in this class was absolutely blasphemous because I didn't do anything. And so I remember he came up to me and he told me, he goes, the rate at which you're, uh, you know, going through this class, you're going to be home before Christmas uh, from college. And I, for me, I'm extremely, emo like, I carry my emotions on my sleeve. And maybe, you know, I actually, I got personal foul, you know, uh, penalties in high school because I was, I was always like, I just, I flew by the seat of my emotions. And, you know, when he said that to me, I, I never forgot that this is what, five years later, and I still haven't forgotten that. Like when he said that to me, I was like, all right. So that was my mindset going into college. Like I wasn't going to screw around. I was there to prove people wrong. I was there to have fun. I, and to a certain extent, you know, I'm, that's a little bit of a regret of mine. Like I wish I would have gone out more with friends. Uh, don't get me wrong. We still, I have some stories, but um, you know, maybe for another time, but you know, like, yeah. that's all I got to say, like, is uh, about that whole experience. But like, I felt like college and my uncle said this a lot to me is, you know, these are like the times of your life. Like, these are the times like you, you don't really have a world in the world, go to class, eat some breakfast, go to lifting, go to football practice. Like that was it. I didn't have to worry about work. Now I got this, you know, I got a, I got a truck payment. I got all this different stuff. Um, you know, and I think that's really something that I, I did and I didn't do well enough is I didn't, you know, take advantage of the moment. Like I didn't seize, you know, what I had. And, you know, Tristan is lucky enough to still be in college in a way like you, in a way you still get to deal with that. But at the same time, though, Tanner, wouldn't you agree that maybe it's not the worst thing? Like maybe that's uh, I like I like being grown up. I really do. Like I like having my own apartment. I like uh, being able to do whatever I want. Like not because, you know. And for lack of a better term, I'm a grown man. Like, it's just saying that I, you know, I'm happy to be a grown up. Um, but like looking at it now, it's just funny. You know, I've, I've got rent, you know, I've got, you know, everything with a truck. I've got I've bills to pay and everything. But now I still like being, I still like being grown up. Like, I still like where I'm at. And, uh, and my dad even said when I was graduating high school, he said that these are going to be the best, you just are missing out. The high school years are the best times of your life. And I remember looking at him and thinking, what? Like, I really hope that that high school is not the best time of my life. Like, no offense. But, you know, and, and when I went to college and, and was able to kind of go through that for four years, I loved it. You know, that was a, you know, that was a really good time. But I think the best times of our lives hopefully are in front of us. Something maybe to look forward to. I don't know. Maybe sporting wise, maybe the Vikings uh, could win a state champ or a state championship. Could maybe win a Super Bowl. I don't know. It's something yeah, that we'll have even to win with yeah, I know, man. It's like, uh, it, it, it's painful. It's, uh, I can't even, I, I've actually started actually reading a lot more books, trying to find the words to us so that I could express my pain to everybody. But I don't think it would be, uh, I don't think so that it would be good enough. Um, we talked about favorite memories. We talked about winning a state championship. Let's talk about not so favorite memories from college. Uh, Tristan, not so favorite memories. Um, being uh, threatened to get expelled from school was not uh... a... <laughs> Yeah. probably my least fond of memory and then dropping out of school um yeah. that, that kind of sucked too so yeah <laughs> i got put on academic probation after my first semester of my freshman year because i screwed around too much um had too much fun and didn't worry about class mm -hmm. uh so yeah i think i ended up I, that semester i got like a 1.3 gpa mm -hmm. so they sent me a letter they're like yo you got to get better than a 1.5 the second semester or else you're out of the university i gotta <laughs> i gotta i gotta get I my stuff the first one to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh 
yeah, that was really probably one of my worst memories. But I'm really glad it happened because my work ethic, my work ethic changed a lot since then. And uh, but my second one was probably I, I switched my majors like four times um, at University of Mary, and then when I transferred here to the University of South Dakota, and I couldn't find anything I enjoyed, so I just dropped out straight up. And I worked for two years full time as an apprentice plumber for a plumbing company in Sioux City. And then I was just like, yo, this sucks. I mean, like the money is good and I enjoy being an adult, but I want to go back to school, get a degree in sports. And I want to actually do something I like and make less money because it's worth it. What's your and, degree? What, what uh, degree are you going for? Uh, right now I'm in sport management and coaching and sports marketing okay. and media. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't really have an idea in the world what exactly I want to do yet, but I just know sports is the only thing I'm really passionate about. So as long as I can coach, if I can be an athletic director, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm all for it, but yeah, those are definitely my worst memories, and uh, it's getting it's getting better now though. So, but it, it shaped you, like it gave you it gave you drive. You know, being in that situation of being a plumber, it shaped you, it helped you get to where you're at now. Um, Tanner, what about you? Not so favorite memory? Go. Yeah, so uh, I I really wish I would have went first, I guess, because I think this is going to kind of contradict some of the stuff you said, I guess. But my I, I'll take it in this way: my biggest regret of college is not going for a super specialized major something that right out of right out of school i could convert to a decent paying job but which it sounds like like you're like you just said you're willing to you know maybe work i start off at a lower paying job to um, do something you love where my vision was i was going to get a sports management degree which i got and go work in minor league baseball until eventually i could find my way to living in denver and working for the rockies right mm-hmm. well as I started getting closer and closer to graduating, I started realizing that it's a lot. Hard, it's a lot harder for at least me to do. Um, yeah. And I, you know, like I told you before we started this, I interviewed for like a low class A baseball team marketing job in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, you know, I think it's maybe time for at least me to change paths. Um, so. So that was probably my biggest biggest regret. I uh, I think there's there's a lot. Of, really, that's what actually my number one thing. I even tell like my brother, go to school for something at least specialized in something that you can get a job with right after school. I mean, as long as you get your degree, you can always do your you know go find a sales job or whatever. But it, at least you have that option right out. You know whether it's finance or whether it's um, accounting. I mean, pretty much all my friends graduate the accounting degrees and they you know that's their path. Right. And if they want to change it, they can change it later on. So, um, that's, that's probably my biggest regret. I start off as a general business major and I just wish I would have at least picked a path that I could easily follow right out instead of somehow, you know, in a roundabout way ending up. Yeah. I, I mean, I finally ended up in a good spot and I really like what I do, but it's one of those deals where maybe I could have found something a little faster. Mm-hmm. No, for me, it was different, you know, uh, not so favorite memory. I was, uh, you know, I was a junior. Uh, I was having by far my best spring ball. Um, and I'm not even bragging. Like I was, uh, I was on fire. Like I just, I was, I, everything was clicking coaching wise, weight room wise, uh, just everything was clicking. And I broke my leg and, um, I went back for my senior year and I tried to rush coming back, uh, because I wanted to play. Like I knew the team needed me and I, I really wanted to play. And for me, that was, that was rough because, um, I wasn't I wasn't mentally ready and I wasn't physically ready because I hadn't ran in three months. I hadn't net like like hard lift because I couldn't you know broken leg and all for three months. So I mean, I was uh, just kind of going into that situation like I wasn't ready. So being forced into that that was tough for me. But you know, 
towards the end of that, I would say, you know, when I when I was I was I was ready to get out of college, and for me, I had an option of going to play uh, for Shattered State um, for my for one more year because I, I redshirted, or I could get a job. And for me, it was pretty easy. I was like, okay, uh, I'm gonna try this job. You know, I I really love, I've always wanted to be a sports writer. Like that was always my dream. I'd be a reporter for something like that. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. And uh, I came here to winter. I've absolutely loved it. The people here have been great. Um, strong community. It's just like where I'm from. Um, and, you know, for me, I got a call from the coach, you know, when I first started the job or about a month in, he goes, you know, hey, we're still spot for you. If you want to come, you can come. And I said, you know what? I love where I'm at. I, uh, I've decided that, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with the job and I, I really like it here. So, you know, and that was the, kind of the story of me staying here. And, you know, I think a lot of it came to, you know, when I was able to kind of look at everything and realize, you know, I knew I made the right choice because, you know, I, do you, I, to me, I didn't want to stay in it there for another year, even though it's really cheap and whatnot. And I would not necessarily been in more debt. It's just the fact that I was able to actually go out there and, uh, you know, be in a strong community, be, be close to family. And, um, you know, I think that's what really went into my decision. So, you know, I mean, it just... You know, I just think that uh, you know, I'm glad how everything worked out. You know, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's important. I think it's important for a lot of us to be able to look at ourselves and be able like to realize, hey, you know, it could be so much worse. And I think that uh, to be happy for what you have, I'm extremely happy for what I have. I've got a beautiful girlfriend. Uh, I've got a great job. My family's only an, only an hour and a half away. Um, I think it's important to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? You killed it. Even be maybe a little too confident in yourself. Be like, hey, good looking. You killed it. I don't do that. I'm not that confident. But I, I definitely, uh, I like to think that it's it's really good to be able to love yourself. You know, I don't mean to sound too weird, but I mean you got to be able to love yourself a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean we talked about it. Life after college, favorite memories. Um, I mean, what's what's it like being a grown up? I mean, uh, I think we can touch on that. Um, uh, actually, we already just talked about what it's like being grown up. Let's think about last thing here, and we'll get going. Um, things we've learned the easy way and the hard way. And I'll, I'll go first because I've been yelling at you guys all night to do to go first. So I'll go first right now. Things I've learned the easy way or the hard way. Um, right off the back of my head, I think that when you know I was lucky enough when I was when we were in, uh, when we would be in fall camp, we would have these uh, the coaches would bring us in and we do. Um, they'd have Wells Fargo come in and they'd teach us about the importance of of you know of saving and establishing credit and doing all that jazz. Um, Throughout college, I had a credit card, and I never spent uh, an absurd amount of money on it. I was all, I was very vigilant on it and everything, uh, and I, I learned from other people's mistakes. I like to tell my parents, you know, they, they're, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm obviously the golden child. Uh, I'm just kidding, but, you know, I was able to learn from a lot of my older siblings' mistakes and look at it and be really, I was okay. I got to do a lot of things differently if I want to make it, so... Um, you know, by doing that, I think I, I learned it in an easy way because uh, I, I knew right away that um, I was going to have to be able to do things differently in order to be able to succeed differently. Um, I think um, not Bob Ross. I don't know why I was thinking of Bob Ross, but, you know, looking at it, uh, I'm trying to remember of uh, oh Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey says, uh, I believe one of his mottos is um, live right now so the way you can live right like uh, look, no live like nobody else now so the way you can live like nobody else in the future and that was something that really honed in on me so that was something I like okay you know it's not just college football this isn't just class this isn't just getting a degree this isn't just you know this is the this is me making the best life for myself um, you know because of all the sacrifices that my dad made he worked he worked um, at the South Dakota Highway Patrol for 30 years and that was something that I uh, I realized hey 
that's that's pretty cool. Like I, I realized I had to make the most of my opportunity. That's something I learned both the good and the hard way. Um, or excuse me, the easy way and the hard way. Um, Mr. Fritz, a lesson you learned uh, in college the easy way or the hard way? Yeah, I guess. And 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 actually, I'll take this maybe out of college and and start with the hard way. And um, this is one thing I wanted to touch on too is you know when I first when I first moved um, out of college. So I went, I was actually uh, working in the Black Hills in their athletic department as like my last thing before I graduated. Mm-hmm. So once I started the job hunt, I, I really wanted to get out of South Dakota for, you know, a time being and just go where I didn't know anybody and try to, you know, start something. And so that landed me, I went and worked at Huddle in Lincoln, Nebraska for a year. And I know what you're saying. I, I made it sound like I was, you know, going to spread my wings and go to like California, but no, I landed in about two, two, two and a half hours away or whatever. But, um, and I think the, what I learned the hard, hard way is if you don't know anybody and you want to enjoy your time in a new city is, and this, I tell everybody this now is live downtown, live close, close to downtown, live somewhere where when people want to hang out after work, um, you know, you, you don't have a 15 minute drive back because it's, you know, 150 bucks cheaper or whatever in rent. And, I've made that mistake twice now. I probably should have done that in two falls here, but it, it's worked out a lot better. But I, I actually think that's one of the main reasons why I ended up leaving uh, leaving Lincoln. It's just it's harder to you know once you get back to your apartment and whatnot to actually go back downtown. So I know it, it's a, it might be a little a bit of like an obscure um, thing to say, but I tell a lot of people that because I I pretty strongly believe that 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 would help kind of assimilating to a new city. And you know, to be honest with you, I can't really think of something I've learned the easy way. I you know, especially since graduating college, I don't think anything's really come easy. And there's a lot of a lot of hard lessons you learn going out on your own for the first time. And mm-hmm. um, I think you learn a lot, uh, especially in in your in a new job. And you learn what you like in a new job. You learn what you like in a manager. You learn mm-hmm. what what you what you want to do and and what kind of um, what kind of life you want to live. And I, I mean, obviously, I'm still figuring that out. I'm only no. 24. I mean, my grandma still acts like I'm 35 and you know, <laughs> crying that I'm not married yet, but I, I still feel like I, I got a lot to, uh, a lot to figure out. And, um, so yeah, I don't really know if I have anything for the easy way. Mm-hmm. I just want to say something here before I give it to Tristan. Uh, I've never learned anything the easy way. That is yeah. never like, I, I, I think I took, I misspoke when I said that I've obviously, I just learned from what other people did. I learned from that. I've had some hard, like I've learned some things the hard way um unfortunately and you know that's just how it goes like that's a part of life that's what you experience um tristan lessons you've learned the easy way and the hard way shoot i would say the easiest lesson i learned kind of the most obvious you have to try hard if you want to get to where you want to be um because if you don't try hard luckily for me um when i got that letter in the mail saying that you know i sucked at school and i'd get expelled if i didn't get better that was kind of like them telling me in the nicest manner like you got to do better so i guess um, that was kind of learning the easy way for me that I had to do better because I mean, the GPA that I got that semester still affects me to this day a little bit. Um, but as far as stuff I've learned the hard way, um, it's probably mostly financial stuff because from going in college, I mean, you don't have to pay when you're in college, you don't really have to pay any of your federal student loans or, uh, stuff of that nature, rent, cause you can live in the dorms. But when I dropped out of college, so I wasn't really smart with my money when I was in college. So mm-hmm. as soon as I dropped out of college and started working, yeah, you got to start paying all your student loans. You got to start paying rent. You got to start paying utilities, um, Wi-Fi, you name it, all the crap, uh, health insurance. As soon as you get off your mommy and daddy's health insurance. 
Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It's rough. I'll, I'll move to Canada before I hop off that. Once I hit 26, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not fun. I mean, we have like we got to pay like four four hundred fifty a month right now for our health insurance. But it's uh, definitely learned that the hard way. The first probably six months I was out of college, um, we were in the hole a lot in our bank account. And so we had to start learning how to budget. We actually did some Dave Ramsey program stuff, and uh, it really helped with budgeting. He's a he's a smart guy. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, those are probably the two things I learned the easy and the hard way. Is that the bald guy? Yeah, he's bald. Yeah. But he's yeah. the bald guy. <laughs> I, I like to say follically challenged. I don't know if bald is necessarily the correct like the the correct term. I don't know. I mean, he's got a lot more money than I do. I don't want to, I don't want to insult a dude. Like, do you think he'd look good if you were bald? I think I would look smashing if I was bald. Like I think I would, I would look busted. My head <laughs> would go everywhere. I swear to God. Oh man, um, man, I think that's all we got for tonight, man. Uh, a lot of lot of fun, a lot of good things to talk about. That was quick. Yeah, it was quick. Oh, over an hour here. Um, but now again, uh, great having you on, Tanner. Man, we really appreciate you joining, guy. Yeah, and I guess my last question to you is, who's a better guest, me or G? <laughs> I can't go there. Why? It's obvious. <laughs> Actually, let, let the view let the view count decide. Let the view count, okay. the comments, the love. Let that decide who you want back first. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll actually put that on down as the question for this week. Uh, the better uh, host. Excuse me, host. I'm the host. The better a guest to have on the show. Give them some love. Give us some likes. You know, give us some comments. Let us know. Yeah. Um, also, let us know what we're doing right. What we're doing wrong. Uh, you know, if uh, and if G wins this, you have to. I'll move have to, to Canada. Some- <laughs> yeah, I'll move to Canada. I would. I will. I'll move to Canada if G wins this in a in a popularity vote. I'm gone. By the way, that's uh, Garrett Gronlund. So if uh, you know Garrett did really well, so that's all I'm gonna say. But uh, but also Tristan, man, it's always a pleasure. You know what it is. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, anywho, I'm going to, you know, get us out of here. Um, once again, we obviously really appreciate all the listenership and everything, everybody supporting us. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, and uh, once again, everybody else have a great night.